We're back. Here we are. Together but separate, right? Right. Always together in our hearts, though. Mm-hmm. Just like moms and, <laughs> Just like and their moms. children. Yes, right? yes. So we're recording this on Mother's Day. Yep. So happy Mother's Day to my mom, my wife, your mom. I happy assume. birthday, mom. Or happy yeah. Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping it in. Happy birthday, um, yeah, in October. <laughs> happy Mother's Day, mom. I mean, without a birthday, there wouldn't be a Mother's Day to celebrate. True, true. So maybe that's maybe that's what you meant there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. That is what uh, I meant. Mm-hmm. No, but then all our <laughs> listeners who are mothers as well, um, mm-hmm. happy Mother's Day to you. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, happy Mr. Mom Day. Thank you. Happy former yeah. Mr. Mom Day to you. You're still a Mr. Mom, so. <laughs> in my origins, I talked to my dad today, and I was like, happy Mr. Mom Day. And he's like, I haven't heard that in a long time. And he's like, bet, happy yeah. Mr. Mom Day to you. And I was like, thankfully, <laughs> it's not just me by myself anymore. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had a good example of a Mr. Mom. I'll give him yeah. that. Yes, um, yes. And speaking of moms, I got the coolest email yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a person that I work with had discovered that we do the show, and uh-huh. so I, I guess she started listening yeah. and listens with her uh, like toddler-aged daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, the the daughter's a big fan of our goofy laughs and hmm. laughs along with us every time. And it well, was just good. this really, really, really sweet email. It and, was. It was nice. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was just a cool, like... Also, the fact that that there really are families out there listening together mm-hmm. really warmed my heart. Like that made me yeah. really excited. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just co- cold turkey yeah. like that. That was super nice. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've always I don't like cold turkey. Why do people say that? I don't know. I don't like, mind it on a, on good. a sa- on a sandwich. Yes. Oh, with like mayonnaise and salt or something, and like a slice of cheese. Mayonnaise, cheese, yeah, whatever. Maybe a little sriracha. You can tell there's like a whoa, what? No, weird left turn. Not ready. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. Aaron, I heard that you are wrapping up the dance videos because well, I, anybody that became a supporter on Patreon last month is going to get a dance video from mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I hope that they can see the comedic value of my lack of dancing. <laughs> um, You've been sweating like an oldie. I mean, sweating to <laughs> the oldies. So that I think that's been... <laughs> uh, no Richard Simmons involved here. It, it's proven a challenge and... It is definitely, it's been interesting, for sure. This should be like a new exercise routine that you do. I I, yeah. I would watch like yeah. Dance with Aaron in the morning nope. as like an exercise routine. I think that would be the out. That would be the, the, the show that got shut down the quickest. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's take a moment to thank yeah. the patrons. Yes. So thank you, Catherine, Cindy, Shelly, Jeremy, Chelsea, Jennifer, Brian, Kaylee, Travis, Tyler, Lindsay, Jesse, Sean, Holly Hill, and Allison Smith. And Brian. And Brian. Thanks. <laughs> Dang it. I, I wasn't as good this time. That's okay. Rusty in my two weeks off. <laughs> um, Thank so let's you. Hop to it. Yeah. We, we had kind of a long intro, but uh, this week we got to sit down with modeling, mm-hmm. and they're not entirely instrumental, but very focused on yeah. soundscape. And, yes. And that conversation... I think it was really interesting because we don't talk mm-hmm. to, they're not scoring movies. They would love to, mm-hmm. but they are scoring the idea of a place, yes. which is just a really cool concept. It is. It is. So I thought this one was mm-hmm. was very unique and different, and um, I think that you guys will enjoy it as well. I do too. I don't know how I missed the song that they talk about a few times called Lodestone, 
Mm-hmm. I went and found it on Spotify. I was like, how did I look over this? You know, how did yeah. I not hear this song out of all the other ones I've listened to? It, I, yeah. I loved it. It's, it's really, really good, good for your car. Yeah. 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 So with that, enjoy. Um, yeah. So let's start with uh, who you guys are and what you do. Cool. Um, yeah, we're modeling. Um, we're a local band here in Fayetteville. I'm Ryan. I play uh, the drums and create the synth drums. I mostly just create synthesized drums for our music and help produce it and whatnot. Yeah, and I'm Quinn. I play synthesizer and piano. And I'm Connor, and I do uh, vocals and synthesizers. Sweet. Nice. You guys just released a single. Yes, we did. Right? Called um, Moonstone, yep. T- yeah, talk to us about that single. Connor? I did it last time. <laughs> uh, this is a this is a, a track that, uh, oh man, we've talked a lot about this. It's hard to find a starting point, but it's something we started in 2014, and we just had this idea of kind of like... We, this idea of this track that we just couldn't nail for like five years. We actually recorded it in 2015 and we put it out and we weren't happy with it. And we just couldn't figure out a way to execute this piece of music, which we've come to find out is really kind of just like a a mesh of a song and a film score in one. And that's also why it's like a very lengthy track as well. It's for most people, it's like seven minutes or whatever, but, um, for most people. A, a, no, I mean, I'm sorry. It's a lengthy. I, I mean, we've got for a lot some of people. It's only two minutes. Other people listen to it for a real long time. Some and it's people 14 don't get past minutes. the intro. Yeah. It's a lot like our show. Yeah. Okay. What I <laughs> what I, what I meant to thing, say yeah. is, uh, you know, I would submit this track on submithub.com, which is a place you can submit to like radio stations, and like 90% of the declines are like. It's too long. And then the ones that we did get approved for, for like radio stations, they were like, can we cut this out? Can we cut this out? And we're like, well, that kind of defeats the, the concept of the track. And like, so we're yeah. just like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to do that. Cause then it's just a regular old like song and I don't know. So mm. that's a basic, um, uh, synopsis of the track. Connor can go more in depth. It was his, his original idea, um, and then we just kind of helped produce it and and whatnot. Yeah. Are you familiar with Unwed Sailor? I have heard of them actually. So um, like uh, it had very Unwed Sailor. Who's in that band? Uh, some three guys. One of them at one point was Matt Putman, <laughs> but I don't yes, know who anybody else. That's is. That's who it is. Because I was I I had a friend that recorded at Matt's house. His name's Beckett, and he plays drums and a band called Condemn, and he was telling me about Matt Putman, and I know Adam pretty well, and then he yep. told me about Unwed Sailor, but I haven't listened to him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Unwed Sailor's great, and they're in, an instrumental band. Oh, and cool. so they're, they're like, when I first uh, came across them, they had just come out with the, I want to say it's the Matchbox and the Marionette, um, I believe is the name. It had a book that came with it and stuff, but it like and it tells this story like over the course of the album, right? And it like immediately when I started listening to Lodestone, that was kind of my touch point. Was oh, it's this is who this invokes to me. It was it's it's really cool, and I think Very it's interesting. Cool. But I think I think you bring up an interesting 
um, the radio play world is built on these kind of like three and a half minute cycles and you're taking yeah, two yeah. of them, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> give us two spots, please for one. Right. Like, have you, have you earned your Avengers end game moment when you get to be a three hour movie in the, um, so, so is the rest. Of, so this is the lead track for an EP, correct? This is the first, I would say this is the first track of, of the EP. The first single we'll, we're going to have about four. I'm, I'm thinking, um, or three, uh, we haven't decided, but yeah, this is just the first one. So is is the whole album going to be kind of a soundtrack to a single idea, or like what's the idea of the I like, EP? I like that idea, though. <laughs> that would yeah. be cool. This one? I'm, I'm a producer. It's fine. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind it kind of is. Um, it kind of is like a soundtrack to not a specific idea, but um. Uh, a fictional place that we've kind of we've created through photographs and moving images. I made this blog um, on Tumblr um, with all these um, just full of photographs of just places that look um, like how the music sounds. Yeah, they they just mm. look like how I want the music. I want the music to look like these places or to sound like the way these places look, and it's very. Um, Oh man, it's it it's got this dystopian vibe, this kind of futuristic, but it's all real places. They're like photographs of like these neon lights in Japan. It's got a cyberpunk kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the overall timbre and sounds on this EP are going to be representative of that. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah, gotcha. makes sense. Yeah, this is kind of this track is kind of put pushed us in a direction of where we want to take uh, this EP. It kind of started the whole thing of what Connor was talking about, about this like fictional world that um, we're, we're living in, in our heads. Uh, so yeah, I think the whole, the rest of the EP is going to be based around that. And Lodestone is the first track off of that. I think that's interesting that you're making like, arguably kind of a musical soundscape for a location. Like I don't, I don't approach music that way. Right. But I've heard things that, um, I mean, to your point, it's a musical score idea behind it, but um, I guess for me, I don't, I would like to know how the songwriting process occurs, right? Because mm-hmm. I think like a melody and a riff and lyrics, those things all kind of make sense and work together. But when you're trying to invoke a sense of place, I feel like there would have to be a lot of discussion around <clears throat> what that place, like, are you guys conceiving of this world together or is that mostly, uh, you know, one person and then trying to explain that story out and everybody responding. How's yeah. that working? That one, the second one. Um, <laughs> is that why uh, there's a storyboard of photos? <laughs> I mean, kind of. The Tumblr is actually a storyboard, and this this idea of it kind of, I guess it was all mostly in, in Connor's head, this, this world, and it was a little bit in my head, but I didn't see it like he did. I don't know. I was vi- envisioning movies instead. I was envisioning, when I was creating this track, I was envisioning uh, like the world of Blade Runner. Like I was very into that world at at that time. And I was just like, and even the score, like so much of the score, I was just very enamored by that sound. And yeah. this was like a year ago. We started this track like a year ago. And so that was my vibe. I was just trying to live in that world somehow, but I didn't have um uh, a di- like my own world in my head. And then Connor started to explain this to me, his 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 thoughts on this. Um, and he started to show me his Tumblr and all these photos, and we found this this Tumblr called Recall.me, 
And that really like inspired me in a different way. Um, not just musically, but almost in everything that I, that I did. I just really loved looking at that because it's very nostalgic. It's very like original alien, uh, like Terminator, like 80s films like that. I know Alien's like mm-hmm. a 70s film, but pretty much an 80s. Um, the second one was 80s. That's right. Aliens, yeah. 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 The one everybody really got into <laughs> right. was 80s. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, we'll give you a pass. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just kind of finding that Tumblr and then Connor... Having showing me more photos, he kind of explained it to me, and I kind of got into this like vibe as well, and tried to picture myself in this place, and that honestly really helped me uh, finish writing this track. And Quinn, you can kind of explain. We all come from a different area with this track, and Quinn's right. is probably a little different. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I saw the Tumblr and everything, but I I normally don't need um like a visual to kind of feel where where the music is going. Uh, Connor is really does really well with like expressing a visual and telling us what this means and how it relates to music. So naturally, whenever I just listen to it before he says any of that stuff, I can kind of already get that sense of where he's wanting to go. Obviously, not exactly, but that's how I work with any of the music that he'll give me. It's just, I mean, we're all brothers, so I kind of feel like we're on the same wavelength uh, mm-hmm. creatively, you know. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how I viewed this track. But yeah, he Quinn, Quinn's aware. Like he he's aware of of all this stuff. Um, we've all explained it to each other, right? So you touched on an interesting point there, Aaron. I don't. You played in a band with Brian, right? Your brother? Yes, yes, and a yeah. couple okay, other so, relatives. Yeah. So I think all of us have done collaborative projects, creative mm-hmm. projects with a brother. Oh, which, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. So my brother's an artist. Uh, he's not really a musician. He he dabbles with like drums or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've never played music together. But we've definitely collaborated on different art pieces and things like that. So uh, I find that yes, when you're in sync, it's like there's not a better partner. However, right. there's also not somebody <laughs> you're more likely <laughs> to like blow up with at the uh, same yeah. time. Um, yeah. and I've, you know, I've and I think that. we yeah. Yeah, like what's the what's the brother band that's really made it for a long period of time? And I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw it out there because I'm kind of a fan, Hanson. Um, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> there's not a lot of no, I don't care what you guys say. They're actually really good. Um, yeah, like musicians and songwriters. Uh, oh yeah, I mean if they're if they've gotten that big, of course, yeah, they're great songwriters. Yeah, I mean yeah, they do what they do well, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And and anyway, but my point being not not necessarily a lot of like brother bands last for a really long time i think sometimes because of that tension that can that can appear right Mm -hmm. um how do you guys kind of manage around that or has that even become an issue at any point yet uh i mean honestly it really hasn't i mean connor and i are probably the closest in our family just because of our age and um, we get in the most fights when it comes to like our music and stuff like that. <laughs> but they're not right. like real. But they're not. Fights. They're not real big fights though. They're just like they're disagreements, right? Yeah. Like, disagreements. Yeah. yeah. Which um, yeah, it doesn't really cause a lot of like issues at all. I we'll mean, we get in like a bad mood for bad moods, a few yeah. hours or something, and then yeah. we'll fix it. Yeah. But like you know, well, when I'm working with Quinn, like me and Quinn don't really like clash as much as Connor and I, and we don't even really clash. It's just we don't really get. And like disagreements as much, so it's it's n- none of it's like 
which is strange to think about because I am close close to Connor because of our age. But yeah, it's yeah. no big fights, no big like anything like that. It's actually pretty easy. It's, and I think it helps too that we're we all kind of are we're all different. We all view music differently, but we all have like this one kind of direction we we see ourselves going in, or yeah. you know that yeah. we can agree on. So we're even when there is a disagreement on something small, we all have this this direct. We're all going in the same direction. None of us want wants to do something completely, you know, right? Left field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> were you guys Except were. For- Quinn, who's secretly making video game music on the side. For- <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to say anything, Danny. Oh, sorry, my bad. So, I've been guys- a big fan for years. He's huge in Australia. Uh- <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys were also. How many of you were in the Move Orchestra? All of us. It's the same band. So, so the same, the same thing. So it's yeah, the music by now, right? Yes, yeah, it's just the same. It's just a new name. We just the name didn't click with us at all, and yeah. honestly, it wasn't even supposed to be our name. We had to add orchestra at the end because Move was taken by, taken by a band in Japan. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think, but also Facebook wouldn't let us. Oh yeah, they wouldn't let us just have Move. They like we had to have band or group or or something. Oh, uh, we've uh, run into similar problems. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, <clears throat> How, where where does the name modeling come from? It, I mean. It's perfect because you guys all look like you could be models. No. <laughs> but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a good looking where dude. it comes yeah. from. <laughs> oh, I see. How egotistical is that? You just yeah. named your you named your band the backup plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if music doesn't work out, we'll just do this uh, cover shoot thing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the name comes from. Uh, I really I don't know how to say this poet's uh, name correctly but i i think it's michelle welbeck he's a, a french writer and poet mm. and um i have this book of his called the art of struggle and one of his so it's it's not in, it's in french but it, it's translated by another writer and i forgot his name it's it's um interpreted by another writer and translated in a way that where there's no rhyming scheme to the english version which is really mm. interesting to read i actually tried to read some of the French words and you can hear a rhyming scheme and it kind of takes takes me a little bit out of the um uh, uh, the intensity I, I don't know but just I guess because I was just used to reading the English version which has no rhyme scheme but anyway there's this little stanza um, uh, somewhere and he says it's it's sort of bleak and pessimistic sounding. A lot of this stuff is very like sad sounding poetry. But he says um, life is is sometimes a procession of things. Uh, their very existence uh, shapes and models our decay, uh, gives it a purpose and unfolding and a place. Something I think something like that, and. I just like the idea of how I like how when I heard models like these something that models are inevitable, like we're all going to die. And like there's there's some we the ability to be able to shape yourself and be able to change yourself over that course of time and, you know, like make yourself better or, or whatever. I just I just really liked how he used that word. And yeah, and I want it to be. And so I made it modeling. Uh, because it's it has movement to it to me, and it feels like mm-hmm. something that's unfinished that is constantly changing. 
So that's right. where that's it's an action and not yes. just yes, yeah, yeah. Got it, right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's you, good. So you know where this drives my brain is, um, Aaron. What was the band? Uh, Superman's dead. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> it was the cover with the guy on the trapeze thing and the red curtain. What band am I trying to think of? Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I feel like I've seen that. Oh. A wha- eh, eh, right? Like, yeah, I've got to I- cut all of this out. But <laughs> um, he, that band, man, I'll think of it later. That band, the singer read a book and then it's it hit him so hard and it stuck with him so much that he wrote the soundtrack he thought should apply to oh, that that's book. That's awesome. Right. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. Man, Superman's dead, right? It like, came out it's around the time that like fuel was. It's ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah. Uh Our Lady Peace. Our Lady Peace. That's it. Yep. yep. Our Lady Peace. I can hear the guy's voice. Yeah. Yeah, because they had a they had a couple other. It's, it's just it's just yeah. funny for me to sit here and try to yeah sing through the. It's five a.m. <laughs> yeah, we won't be sued for copyright infringement because it wouldn't be any recognizable. Not anywhere close enough. <laughs> so, yeah. So the singer for Our Lady Peace read this book. I don't know the name of the book, and then they made an album basically. That was his mental idea of the soundtrack to that book because of the impact for him. And so that's like a, a parallel, similar thing I, I'm i kind of hearing from you is that literature, like your your mindscape based on what you're reading and yeah. kind of taking in just comes out in a soundtrack to what you see. Yeah, I don't know I, if that's accurate. But. No, that's definitely accurate. And that's, that's kind of why the visuals are so helpful. Um, I will just go find photographs that, just look there, there's always like um i don't know if the photograph actually has the mood or if i'm just placing the mood on it by what how i perceive it um but when i see it it's like um that that really guides the the tone for me of like the, the just the the tone of the of the song that we're working on at the moment it, it really yeah. helps with that and so yeah so I just recently, Aaron, I don't remember when I first started talking about this, but the idea of like just laying down on the ground, turning out the lights and just listening to, to an album from beginning to end. Right. And I Deep used listening. to do that when I was like mm-hmm. 15, but I haven't done it probably since my you know early emo 20s. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, like I've really kind of like fallen back in love with taking like 30 or 40 minutes a you know, every couple days or twice a week or something and doing that. And I feel like what you guys are describing is music that almost requires that kind of attention to some extent, maybe. Um, how do you guys envision the somebody listening to what you're writing? Like, where, where do you think they are? Hopefully with a pair of headphones on, laying down and not being distracted <laughs> by anything. There you go. Um, do you guys do that often yourselves? That's how we, honestly, we do that a lot. Uh, probably not just like sitting down, but I listen to so much of my music in headphones because I want every single detail um, that I can, like I just want a microscopic like version of this song if I'm really yeah. into the song. I really want to examine it and analyze it because I want to know everything about it. Um, so that's, kind of how I like to create music. I like to add mm-hmm. stuff into our tracks that you can put some headphones on and 
you can find all these like tiny things throughout the track that just pop in and out and you're just like, oh, where'd that come from? Or it's just, there's always something new and you don't notice it the first time. You can go back and listen to it like 10 more times and you keep finding something new. That's a very big like uh, thing for me when I'm producing like mm-hmm. some of the, the synth stuff and the, and the drum stuff and the, and the sounds. Like I try to add that a lot in there. Um, I think we did that too. Like um, listen to John Hopkins or sorry. Go ahead. John Hopkins, uh, his 2012, I think, Immunity. 13, 13. 2013 mm-hmm. uh, Immunity album. That was an album that I laid on the floor in the dark and listened to like beginning to end. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not. But... Yeah. What about you, Quinn? Mm, when was nope. the last time you did that? I don't know. The last time I just laid there in the dark or just laid there and he was to driving to this interview <laughs> 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 he's gonna be doing it driving away too yeah <laughs> driving away yeah i don't know it's been a while but that's a that's something i should do actually it's I funny think, that Dan- go, ahead, go ahead i'm sorry no 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 no. go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say that i think what's bigger for us than just um uh listening to an album is is movies i think the 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 main thing that is the foundation of what we're doing is really kind of based around movies. And I think that's something that is almost, almost more like prevalent in our lives than music. I mean, it's obviously the combination of both, but movies are so big and we take them so seriously and we actually do sit in a dark room (laughs) and we like turn off all lights and we like to watch movies by ourselves so we can like really take it all in and not have any distractions. And I I think we do that more with movies than we do with music. Yes. Okay. Here, here. Yeah. Have you guys seen yeah. uh, Under the Skin, that movie uh, by uh, John Glacier? Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. So yeah. that's that's a good point. Is so I watched that in the dark, and I watched it with headphones. I don't know if anyone ever <laughs> watches movies with headphones, but just like with music, if you watch it with headphones, like you hear like extra things, you get absorbed into the movie. Like, mm. and uh, anyways, I was watching it, and it was it was pitch black, and I was watching it on my laptop, so I just had it on my lap right in front of my face with headphones, and it was really loud. And then out of nowhere, this like little, like a uh, June, what are those June bugs? Mm-hmm. Like hopped yeah. on my screen, scared the <laughs> scared the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie was so intense, just sitting in a dark room with the headphones, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was that's the last time I've done something like that, I guess. Yeah. 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 We, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. We man. had a we we had a storm a, a few days. Was it what is today? Friday. Tuesday. So like yeah. Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah. Tuesday night, the electricity went out where I live for like four and a half hours. So I thought I'm gonna sit on the couch, wait for the power to come back on, and listen to music. So I put on my headphones and I listened to this uh, band from Russia called Hun Hutur. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Hun Hutur. Something like that. It's hard to... Anyway, throat singing. We're going to get so many corrections from our Russian audience, <laughs> right. Aaron. <laughs> but, but it's one of those things that I've been watching their videos on like KEXP and all this other stuff. But like wearing headphones and sitting down, I fell asleep at like 9.30 after listening for about an hour, hour and a half. But it was, uh, it was a different experience and I've taken time to do. And I think that... That's awesome. Daniel brought it up. We had you know some other friends bring it up. But it's one of those things that... People should do it if it's to watch a movie, if it's a you know an album or two. We don't do that enough. We don't take enough time. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah, and reflect and on like everything. Yeah, feel it. Right. Yeah, right. And that's exactly what it is. Just like 
Connor was talking about pictures sort of invoking, you know, feelings and stuff with what you guys are writing. Mm. That's the point of some of these pictures is to do something like that. Yes. The same as music. It's what you are feeling. You know, you want to reflect that to someone else. They may take it in a totally different way, you know, because of the way they hear it or maybe what they're going through at that time. And I think it's mm -hmm. awesome to have something that you're able to sort of put out to let people reflect and have introspection on maybe that's a yeah. very good you know? point man i never mm -hmm. thought i didn't think about that but i do think that's what we're doing unconsciously like i just didn't even think about that but yeah the the, the introspection of just like not just letting a song play and you go to the next one and just playing like background music but actually taking yeah. it all in and seeing what if you feel something from it you know yeah. Yeah, and that becomes like an experience, too. So you're going to remember that yes. listening to that album in that dark room, what you felt that night, mm -hmm. and you're going to remember that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's good a good point. soundtrack for your life, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, 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 good point. I like that. to break into the ish point <laughs> will that work <laughs> no this is this is harder than people give it credit for yeah to come I mean, up with the weird ish mm -hmm. pun every time yeah that, that one was pretty good we'll I, roll with it i think that uh coming up with an ish point is harder to do when we're just doing facetime and recording separately it's one thing yeah. to be person to person to catch that energy and be stupid together but hopefully we're well, pulling it off <laughs> Yeah, and, the, and the, yeah, we are good at pulling off stupid. Uh, so something, you know, we did, what, about a month ago, we launched the Stand Strong tee, and that yep. was only available for pre-order for six and a half days, basically. Basically, And so yeah. if you didn't get in on that period of time, you didn't get the shirt. You missed out. So we, we partnered with a company, Trade Post Tees, out mm -hmm. of Kansas City. They're just outside of Kansas City. but uh, Still counts, yeah. Uh, we partner with them, and and that T-shirt is available now. So you can go to yep. lookwhatidid.net, and you can mm -hmm. just click on the picture of the T-shirt, and it'll take it. you straight mm -hmm. there. This time, there's actually 29 colors. The cost is almost mm -hmm. exactly the same shipped to your door. It's 28.50 shipped to my door from there. Yes. It looked like um, I'm sure shipping and handling may change a little bit depending on where you are, mm -hmm. but those are available permanently, as far as I understand the deal mm -hmm. that we have with them. Um, not only do you support the show by going and buying a shirt, but you also mm -hmm. support Trade Post Tees, and of yeah. course you support the message of the Stand Strong, but like six feet apart. Yes. So I think even as a country, a lot of us are looking to uh, reopen, regardless of how you feel about that, mm -hmm. that the idea of, of moving with some sense of unity but cautiously and intelligently yes. um, is is extremely important. I think that message is just as strong today as it was when we yeah. first launched that launched that mm -hmm. shirt. So I agree. I agree. Uh, look what I did .net, and you can also catch some great photos of past guests. We'll mm -hmm. have photos of our current guest modeling, and um, it's just a, a you can find out a little bit more about us and and all of the patrons mm -hmm. that support the show. We don't talk about that. We just right. name kind of. The top chunk um but you can actually see a list of all of the people that support the show there as well yeah, so yeah very cool and we're working on maybe a web redesign 
Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in two weeks, the 50th episode Ooh. of Look What I Did. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's We're going to do something yeah, it's, special. It's amazing. Yeah. We're going to do something special. All right. So back to the show. Thanks. So is the interest here at some point scoring movies or is it just that this your approach is to kind of uh, build a soundscape for something, right? Like you guys are talking about film a lot, mm-hmm. but um, is that something you're interested in doing is moving towards that direction of maybe scoring? I think movies? that would be amazing. I think that would be incredible if, I mean, both, honestly, to score a film would be, just a really awesome opportunity. We we would write differently. It's another opportunity to write something completely different based off of someone else's work. Um, mm-hmm. So we were definitely into the idea of scoring a film. On top of that, uh, this concept we're following of like, you know, this imagery in our head and like the whole like film score and song thing. That's also something we want to pursue. There's no like there's no like one way street with what we want to do. But it's all music. But yeah, film is a, a huge, huge part of it. We'd love to do something like that. Thought you wanted to say so, something. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, no, I think I would just be reiterating what you said. Oh, okay. I mean, we definitely would not say no to yeah. to, to an opportunity <laughs> like yeah. that. We will not say no to money. Let us be yeah. clear. Bring it. I don't know what our main goal really is. Do you guys? Like, that's a that's a question. I mean, like. Well, I like the idea of exploring. For me. I, I really like the idea of trying to perfect this this um, conjoining of a song with, with what would be like, a, you know, a verse and a chorus type structure, but just perfecting the idea of that living inside of some form of music that could be a film score, like having that the best of both worlds into um, that format, I guess. That's that's something that I'm really interested in exploring. Um yeah, same. I mean, my whole the number one artist I listened to last year on Spotify was John Williams, which you guys all know. He's mm-hmm. film composer, and I grew up playing in band, rock bands and playing songs. And I think it's embedded in all of us because uh, we were such movie fans. Because of our dad, he he showed us he showed us all those movies whenever we were like really young, like all those really cool movies. And I think it's what we're naturally trying to do is combine like these movies with songs because we still love songs i we just want to add a little bit more depth to them uh with something else we just have a concept that we want to fulfill kind of yeah yeah i mean coheed and cambria did that right like there's this idea of a world in yeah claudio's writing around was it a comic book or a graphic novel no the comic book actually comes second so second stage turbine blade is the first album um and it's meant to be like there's an album that comes before it in his head, right? Mm-hmm. And he just picks up the story on episode two, and uh, it's a loose idea of what's happening in the science fiction world. And then they do uh, oh, whatever the Earth one is that I can't remember the name of it now, but um, in keeping Silence of a Secret Earth Part Three or something, yeah, right? yeah. And uh, from that one takes off, and that starts kicking off the comic book. Um, and like eventually there's a book that comes out and like he fleshes out the world quite a bit more. 
but it all initially starts with just this idea, a very, like, uh, the original version is kind of a little more Adam and Eve-esque, set in a sci-fi realm. Mm. Um, and then the story starts to really, really evolve as it continues forward. Um, what they ended up finding is that they did that for so long that there wasn't any story to tell anymore. <laughs> like, he felt like he'd written into a corner, right? Mm-hmm. And so the the last album that I saw them come out with uh, had nothing to do with that world. And there was actually a whole discussion of like, is this Coheed and Cambria, the main characters of the story? Like, is this even a, that band album or do we like rename ourselves and start over? Like, mm-hmm. what do we do? Yeah. It, it was, it's an interesting. Um, and so that leads to my question of, are you guys going to live in this world for a while? Or are you guys envisioning like um, every EP may take me to new, realm of the land or may just take me to a different world altogether like what's the plan after this if you even do the thing where you're going to um do a whole ep based on this this soundscape okay i mean i think quinn said this really well one time about you know how movies um what was it that you said we, we talked about this and you you said something like well, I don't know. I don't know how to rephrase it, but basically, it's 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 like just going to see a film. Something like Braveheart has a specific timbre of instruments, and that's that's the film. And when it's done, it's done. And then, uh, what's his name? Um, what's the guy? Uh, J- James uh, Horner. James Horner. You know, then he goes and does I don't know Titanic or Avatar or something. I don't know. And it's a different it's a different uh, world. So yeah, I think it would be. We wouldn't just stay in this one place. Yeah, it'll be different every time, I'm I sure. Mean, even during this process, we're going to have moments where we're like, oh, man, I would really love to do this, but we don't really necessarily want to jump out of this world right now. So, right. So yeah, it's going to happen. It happens all the time. All we, the time. we call it phasing. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> and I don't want to put you guys. I don't want to put you guys in a box, right? Unfairly, like, you haven't even actually really committed to the idea. I think that the CP is singularly this world, just this song is. Um so, like, that being said, are you guys intending to do soundscapes, or is it just going to be, we're going to make instrumental music, sometimes with lyrics, and we're just going to do what we like to do, and if it makes sense together, like, then it goes together? Yeah, uh, I, yeah we kind of just go with feeling, really. Uh, there's no there's no walls or barriers. Like, we listen to such a wide range of music. If we feel like writing something that, I don't know, uh, has white, completely different instrumentation, we'll write it. But we won't. We probably won't release it on the same release. I think that's the difference. Right. There is like Makes we sense, have a yeah. lot of instrumental music written for strings that we've never released. Um, but it wouldn't match on this EP just because of like the world and the sounds. Like we want to be a little cohesive, even though we have right. so many like ambition or what's the word? So many like ideas. Ideas to to mm-hmm. to try. We we kind of want to have a little bit of cohesion. So that's kind of what we're doing right now. How do you guys handle live shows? Oh my god! Very poorly. We, we don't know yet. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I mean, honestly, that they're horrible. Like in the in the come see us, guys. Oh, yeah, come see us. <laughs> uh, once this social, di- I mean, we're we're seeing you right now. We're as close as anybody's yeah. getting, right? <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah. Once, once social distancing is over, we'll be there. Well, because. Wh- um, to me, that's the type of music that does really well in an intimate setting, mm-hmm. right? Like it, like a little bit smaller venue, a little bit tighter, uh, closer to the crowd. Um, yeah. I, 
Yeah. Well, in the early 2000s, I would go to Clunk Music Hall, right? And there was a band called Slumber Party, and you literally would just like circle up, sit cross-legged on the floor. They would come down off the stage, and they just played you this like intimate show, and it was just it was all emotive and all an an ambiance, right? Mm. Um, hmm. Which is not something that's normally my thing. I'm a pretty big lyric guy. Yeah. But I think. You know, Unwed Sailor at, in the basement of JRs, like when they yep. played, you just get swept up in the story and the emotion, and you can like feel that music, literally feel it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that to me, those are some moments that uh, have been very impactful for me when I think of bands that I've listened to that are just, you know, lean heavier towards instrumental and yeah. arrangement, mm-hmm. right? More than your classic verse, chorus, verse, chorus type band. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really a question there, I guess. I I was thinking, I'm I was a terrible thinking. interviewer. That wasn't. Um, let's see. How well, we actually, that a I did have something to so say. So, what about do that? you guys think? <laughs> no, no, no. I did. I did have something to say about that. I, I think that you're 100 percent right. We've actually had a weird experience about playing smaller venues. Like we play sm- like Smoking Barrel on Dixon uh, twice, and those have honestly been probably our favorite shows. Because we've also played George's, the uh, front of George's. And and the back. And the back. But the front <laughs> was like a medium in between Smoking Barrel and the back of George's. I, I don't right, know. Right, You guys right. know what I'm talking about? Like It's a mm-hmm. midpoint, yeah, kind of yeah. size-wise. Yeah, and when we played there, actually the vibe was was really kind of off. Like, it, it, it felt very strange and weird. Um, I don't know what it was. It just didn't work. But Smoke and Barrel works because it's also a lot of technical things. A lot of technical work. issues, but just the <laughs> overall like mood was strange. And, and uh, Smoke and Barrel, smaller smaller venue, was much better for us, and everyone was more close. But we did have a show at George's um, one time uh, with Boom Kinetic, which is a cover band I, I play drums for. Um, they put us on a build whenever we were first starting playing live shows, and that show was actually awesome because a lot of the music we play does require giant speaker sound systems in my opinion just to get the the idea across you know because is uh, it electronic yeah yeah because it's wiley electronic in that band yeah wiley yeah wiley seeger yeah 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 yep. i know him yeah i love the guys um yeah we just played open up for them and the sound and like the speaker system they have there just fit a lot better for some of the tracks we have and we were like damn this was nice um <laughs> Yeah. So, but also the smaller ones are nice, but the medium ones, I guess, are not nice. You know, I don't know. <laughs> but it also might have just been a one-off. Like I, you know, Aaron and I have played shows where, like, you'll play a venue once and you're like, I'm never going back. And then the next time is the greatest moment ever. Yeah. Or worse is playing a venue, best show you've ever played, going back and you're like, Yeah, we killed it here last time. Then <laughs> yeah. you get in, and you're like. My mom didn't even show up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if Daniel's mom didn't show up, there's a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she was there at every one. We yeah. were guaranteed yeah. one ticket yeah. sale. Yeah. Um, what band did you, what bands did you guys play in? Aaron, you want to take that first? Um, did you, and did you guys ever play in the same band? Yeah, that's how we, we met. did. Yeah, that's yeah. how we met. Cool. Let's see. What were we in? This is way back in like 1998. Uh, probably Daniel? about it, it. Well, it had to have been earlier than that, right? Because you 97. were in, you came into Pillar for a minute yep. in like 96, 97. Yeah, 96, 97. It was a band called Pillar. I don't remember before what the, the famous Pillar or the well known right, Pillar. Right. There's a, a Christian <laughs> band by that name, right? 
I have no which, idea. Oddly never, enough, yeah. that was the one quasi-Christian band I was ever in was also yeah. this pillar, which was extremely <laughs> yeah. confusing. <laughs> yeah. We had a studio space right down from Static who had to become Static UK, right? Or was the the big band became Static UK? I don't remember which one I had to switch. There were two Statics at the same time. Mm. Well, there's Static X, too. I, right? I know Static X. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so Static. Yeah, so they were both Static, and I think one went Static X and one went Static UK, I think were, were your names. Um. Yeah, so I played in that band, met Aaron, then went back to a guitar player I'd been with before, and that, that started end of June, which was a band for quite a while. Yeah. Um, I very, very briefly, for like three weeks, played with Matt Putman and Corey Putman in uh, a band called Snail Hunter. <laughs> oh, which was like name. all based on well, it was all based on a mythical world where this guy was trying to uh, capture like this great snail. Like it was another like <laughs> we're telling a story in this band. It was very, yeah. very interesting. Um, I think that's that's all the bands I play. I've done musical projects with people, mm-hmm. but uh, what did you play? What do you play? Uh, I'm a rhythm guitar player. I'm generally a vocalist. Uh, the f- instrument I'm probably at least somewhat capable on is bass. Cool. But yeah. for end of June, I was a guitar player and singer for like what? 10 I, years? I played rhythm guitar in the first band that we were in, and Daniel played bass. And then we started another band, and I played bass, and he was on rhythm. And then that's just the way it stuck <laughs> the, for a long, long us. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for a long time. Because I really wanted to be in a band, but I couldn't play an instrument. So <laughs> the uh, I played in a band with this guy named Chris, and he was like, "Well, you can learn how to play bass." And like twenty minutes later, he was like, "You'll never learn how to play an instrument." <laughs> oh just took gosh. the bass back, <laughs> and so that made me the de facto singer because it was like, "Well, I, I want to be in a band." Like. And I couldn't yeah. sing either. I mean, it was terrible. I probably still can't sing, but you know, twenty years later, I'm like competent or whatever, right? But yeah, uh, it was a long, slow road for me to learn how to play an instrument. I guess we tried I, that. We yeah. tried. That. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Your we, story's more interesting. I promise. No, it's not. <laughs> I was no. just gonna say, you know, and I didn't learn my lesson because I kept playing music with them. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it was tr- good. It was fun though. We tried that forcing someone to play an instrument for us uh, and, and move orchestra. And that was our younger brother, Griffin. Oh, yeah. And he didn't grow up playing um, any instruments, really. He, he kind of fiddled with piano a little bit. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that didn't work out. We, he, I don't know if he necessarily wanted to be in the band that much anyways. But, yeah, that was a struggle. Yeah. Forcing That's an interesting thought. Yeah. <laughs> having... Was- having th- Having three brothers that play music and do all this stuff, and there's one out that that doesn't. Do you have any other siblings or? Not no, that they no, talk that's about. it. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that uh, doesn't play. And um, but he did he did learn the songs. Like he couldn't play. Yeah. Like he didn't practice anything outside of it. But he he did what he was supposed to, and he learned the parts and nailed the parts when when they were there. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, true. You're, you're yeah. being kind. <laughs> uh, no, I, Griffin. No, I, I'm kidding. I don't know how he. Griffin is his name. He, I don't know how he feels mm-hmm. um, about that. I'm sure probably nothing. And you know, he's also he's he's actually an awesome artist. He does he does paint and draw, and he's he's actually really good at that. And cool. yeah, I, it's not for me. It's not weird. I hope it's not weird for him. I hope he doesn't feel like he he should be playing music because that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, like 
Yeah, he just didn't have the passion for it. Yeah, and yeah. we could. He tell, should do like, live art while you guys play a show. We talked about oh, that. Yes, actually. that would be really no cool. joke. My, so mm-hmm. the cool. the last night I was in Germany, my brother's living in Germany, um, and he loves music, but he's he also just doesn't have a passion for learning an instrument, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I went to this open mic night, and it, what he does in the middle, they do a musical break for 30 minutes, and he does a painting in that 30 minutes and then, like, oxygen au- auctions it off. Um, That's awesome. But it's his way of being associated with the music scene because he loves it, and he can dance. And, you know, he like... He, he is very good at what he does, uh, but he that's his contribution is I'm yeah. going to put a visual image to this music that's moving through me right now live in front of you. That's, that's awesome. very yeah. cool. And yeah. see, that's cool because it's like a, a reversal of film scoring yeah. because right. they're doing it based off mm-hmm. the music. So, yeah, I like that whole concept. We had a show once at Crystal Bridges where an artist, I don't even know if we got to talk with him afterwards because I don't remember being able to see the painting, but he painted it during our entire two-hour set or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Forgot about that. It was a cool, cool experience. Yeah. That is really neat. Yeah. When did you guys start playing? It sounds like you guys have been playing for a while. Yeah, a long time. Uh, I started playing, we started playing music together when we were teenagers, so I guess guess kind of late in the terms of uh, the average professional musician that's really good. They all play when they're like three or five. But yeah, I mean, I started playing when I was 13, uh, I think the same for Connor. I think the same for you. You're a little earlier. Yeah, like 12 or 11, but yeah. Yeah, I just started playing. Because you kind of got swept up with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I started... mean, 13's about right. Like, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. I, th- I feel like that's when the like the rock band age is, right? Like concert pianists maybe are like three, four years old, but like yeah. I feel like I you get that electric about. guitar when you're like 12, right? And that's the first time you really just like crank it up and go. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's yeah. why we play the synthesizers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're too late. Yeah, we spent all these years playing these other instruments. Like Connor and Quinn are very good guitar players and I just played drums for so many years and then I don't know, I still played the drums and but not in this band really. Like I do live for live shows, but yeah, we just kind of switched our instruments. We kind of just switched them around to to get the sound that we want in our heads and we're not we don't really focus on instruments or specific ones and yeah we just kind of moved to synthesizers because the cool thing about those is you can make anything you want basically you can make your own sound on one instrument and it's just like whoa that opens up a lot of possibilities here you know i'm not just constrained to one sound on the drum set you know just so I, i i like that idea a lot so you guys have a very layered sound and uh how do you guys handle that live? Is it triggers, loops? Do you guys just do a reinterpretation on three instruments? How do you uh, guys approach it's a combination, that? I think. It is a combination of that. And that's mm. that that's why I said it was a horrible our live show is horrible. I'm not saying how we perform is horrible, but the setup is very complex and we we're trying to minimize it a lot and we're still in the process of that. But it's it's just so much. Like if you've ever been to our shows and some of my friends have and if you look on stage, we try to hide all the cables, but there's probably a thousand of them, like just like all on the floor, <laughs> and, and like we we've definitely gotten gotten them down to like I don't know maybe twenty, but it's just it's very messy right now because we want to do all these things with our live show, like mm-hmm. you know we have a projector, mm-hmm. we have like visuals, and that's very important to us. Um, but to answer your question, we play two tracks. It's kind of like a combination of an electronic DJ set with a live band playing with it. 
So right. it's obviously a lot of sounds we can't produce on some instruments on stage, but we want to... Im- and sounds that you... It's kind of like pointless to produce them because there's to nothing it. to look at, like yeah. a pad. Yeah. Or, you know, like... But we don't want to leave those out because those, in our opinion, it helps the listener be more immersed into the this this song or soundscape that we're trying to create, you know? So I we don't even... We don't care if no one's playing it. We just want the person to kind of lose himself in the music and that's the end goal here so mm-hmm. yeah it's just like a like i have like a very small jazz kit um and a drum machine with me and and i kind of control the tracks a little bit with the drum pad connor has like two or three synthesizers two synthesizers his voice and some vocal stuff quinn has two synthesizers and we do a lot of playing and then we also have a, a, a cellist too who plays with us. his name is christian serrano torres and he's very well known around our, around this area and he plays mm-hmm. cello for um us live we really love his addition to our band actually <clears throat> great, awesome. great cello guy. is one of my favorite sounding instruments yeah. I love oh yeah cello so much yeah, yeah. We're... i bought a cello but it turns out that talent didn't come with it so <laughs> talk to this it's guy it's literally or... just sitting in a in a case behind my couch <laughs> bought the hey, wrong book that's for where ours it. is yeah. <laughs> ours is, literally, <laughs> ours is <laughs> it's literally in a ca- in a case behind the couch right there <laughs> yep is it a is it a celia like whatever that's what mine it's like the like not terribly cheap but you, still no actual cellist would consider it a real instrument full size <laughs> cello <laughs> it's like i think it's a decent <laughs> instrument it's and you know connor got it and he was actually starting to play he was taking some lessons with a friend of ours but then you know we just get into recording and we're not practitioners you know we just want to create our own music you know right that's more important to us i think so we just we still try to practice it's just not as much as we try to create so i so i uh i'm a songwriter right i'm not a musician same i think ultimately and and aaron would back that up i like I know what I want it to sound like and I can sometimes like make that thing happen, but I'm not, I'm not a musician. Um, over the last couple of years, I've started playing with a guy who is a musician who can pick up any instrument and he figures out how it works and just sound starts happening. Accordions, cellos, he'll, wow. he'll just pick it up. And, and so I'll jam with him. Uh, and it started to teach me music theory and, and I've gotten I'm not trying to write music anymore to perform. Like before we had to build a catalog of music to go play live shows. Yeah. Now I'm just trying to be a better musician. Um same. That's kind of the, what we're doing as well, yeah. Yeah, what what do you guys do to because I think like when you're like crafting a song for recording is different than practicing an instrument, right? Oh, so yeah. way different. Like, what do you, do you guys kind of have like solo practice time? Like, are, do you, do you just pick up instruments and try to get like better at a technique or is most of the time just kind of like riffing and recording and those types of things and seeing what happens? I'll let one of you, I'll be answering all of them. I'll let you answer this one. And that was an actual question. So, <laughs> okay, I, I mean, I, I have the answers like, for all of these. I just wanted them to get some time in, but I'll just say like, yeah, none of us really, um, None of us really practice solo practice. I mean, Quinn might for some of his lessons uh, that he has. I know that you practice the guitar sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's nothing for like this group. Um, I think the only time I practice is when we're playing shows. Yeah. Um, if there's a part that I need stamina for, like something that's fast, and I like like I said, I never practice, so I'm gonna <laughs> need to practice for like two weeks, two to three weeks. 
before that show on that part. And that's the only time I practice. Um, right. That sounds bad, but yeah, we're, we're, we're creators. <laughs> we're creators. So I don't want to sit there and practice. It's boring to me. Yeah. It's, I think yeah. we spent, we spent a long time, like when we played in our, our rock band, um, practicing. Like I, I used to spend hours practicing scales and learning jazz riffs and chords. And, uh, it's very boring. <laughs> and like, it's it's great because it teaches you a lot and you get the dexterity there and stuff. But now it just feels like I just don't. Um, and I think I speak for everyone. We just don't want to do that. Like we could be spending those two hours writing something brand new that we can share with people, you know. Right. Um, but, but we do. Uh, I think we all do this. Uh, maybe not so much right now just because we're like in this EP world. But I definitely do a lot of, uh, I watch a lot of tutorial videos on composition still, and that helps me a lot with writing. So those just like techniques to use. And we also do it with like for Ryan, he does a lot for like production techniques and like mixing and stuff. That's our practice. That's our practice now. (laughs) That's another reason why our songs take forever too, is because we will create the, the, the skeleton of it. And then we want it to sound a certain way. So as we we are recording, we are also just watching tutorials on how to achieve uh, oh. that specific sound that we're looking for. Because right. you guys are crafting. Like, there's almost a weird fine line here of like, um, we are we are finding and interweaving sounds to craft something, as opposed to like maybe practicing like a riff or a run or something like that, right? Like, yeah, I don't know a, if you that's think exactly- that's fair to say. No, it's super fair to say. I mean, almost it's exactly right. It's exactly yeah. right. Like we um we're kind of new to producing our own music. We grew up just probably like you guys like just in rock bands and you go to a recording studio and someone would record for you, someone would mix it for you, someone would produce it for you, or if the guy is one person then he just does it all. Um so now we're like in this situation where we we're, we don't get in a, in a room and, and write a song and practice our instruments. We kind of are all individual, and we have to produce. We want to produce our own music on our own computer because we have very specific sounds in our head and ideas that we want to create. And so it, it's very very different from from when we were growing up and writing songs as a band. And it's and it's new to us. It's it's still new. So it takes us so long. It's like learning a new skill. You know, m- music production is a new skill for me, well, since 2014 or whatever. So it's very hard. It's like starting over on an instrument and trying to get good at it. Uh, just tons of YouTube videos and everything takes forever to just get a decent sound. So that's our practice is music production and composition uh, tutorials. I mean, man, I've probably watched like 50 videos on how to compose music like John Williams. How does he do his counter rhythms and his counter melodies? Like that stuff is very, very interesting to me. He's my favorite composer. I've already brought him up, but like, man, he can write some crazy stuff that no one really notices because it all fits so well. It never sounds messy. Never sounds messy. He just does it in such a subtle like way. I was like, how do you, how is all this going on? And it doesn't sound like a mess. Like, how did you do that? Um, Yeah, that's, that's how we practice now. That's very cool. Yeah, you guys have such a uh, a different perspective on music than mm-hmm. than I do, and that that's what I think is cool and fascinating. It's like I this thing that's been a big part of my life for mm-hmm. you know a really really long time, twenty five years or whatever, uh, like actively participating in creating music, and then to hear 
somebody have this very passionate, totally different approach is really neat to me. And I think um, as I listen to you guys talk, I I think I see my daughter who is trying to start creating music um, and writing music is there's elements from both of these worlds, right? Like ukulele is her intro instrument because that's like the popular thing for her age, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very enamored by Billie Eilish and some of these other artists who use a lot of capturing. Like I was watching a, a YouTube video with Phineas um, and the amount of like, yeah, well, this song's called Burn. So I lit a match in the bathroom and recorded that sound. <laughs> and then that became like the snare sound. Yeah, I saw that or it video. was like, what? Like, you're not even like, <laughs> this isn't like, I'm not sure it's music anymore, but it is. It <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I totally. love listening to it. Mm-hmm. And Gautier, uh, I think, is underappreciated for a lot of his album is is found sound. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. Like, um, and to me, like, that's not my mental approach to music but it's creating some of the most interesting cool stuff out there and i think it's very cool that you guys are approaching music the way you are because it yeah like it adds variety and this spice to it right like cool thank I, you yeah i just find Appreciate it fascinating that. yeah heck yeah yeah i mean we found, love found sounds too, i was just though. gonna say <laughs> found sounds is like a giant like like portion in how we create music i mean we have a zoom and like the the new track we're gonna release in a month or two is made out of a lot of found sounds and we just can't get enough of that idea of adding some organic textures in an electronic world of music that we're living in right now. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. it just feels so nice and it's almost like ASMR to me hearing found sounds yeah. um, in music yeah. at this point. And another big influence on who did that for me is John Hopkins. I, you know, everybody should go check him out. He, he made electronic music to me um, accessible, which is huge. In my, I used to hate it. You know, when you're like 16, you're in a rock band, you just, you don't care about it. But then <laughs> one guy did it the way that I could relate to, and now I'm open to everything, and now I'm creating it. So this is cool. That's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So when do we expect to hear this EP? When is it going to release? When do I get to buy it on iTunes? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Um. We're releasing as we go is kind of how we're doing it because we're just we're finishing songs and we're putting them out um, one at a time. It's not like a, a conglomerate is that the word of of tracks that we're already finished with and we're already releasing. We're creating as we go, which is a new approach for us um, for a release, and we're just trying to see how it goes. So I mean, we have four tracks done. Um, we have another single that'll be out in two months and then we're going to have... It may, I mean, we may not even call it an EP. It may end up turning into an LP because yeah. the, the tracks are all, they're all pretty lengthy. I mean, around four four to seven range. So And we have like six or seven track ideas and we don't know which is going to be on what, but um, I'm going to say uh, out loud to, you know, hold us accountable um, the end of summer. I'm just gonna say that the the Is, end of this summer or yeah. 2021 summer. <laughs> no, or... there you go. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> this summer. Yeah, doesn't summer end in December? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Very last day of December. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you know the music landscape has changed so much that it oh, yeah. it there is no right way to release something, and I like mm-hmm. I've thought about that that uh, you know over the last couple years, my songwriting slowed down a lot. And 
Um, but I, I got a song where I'm like, oh, this one's actually good. What on earth do I do with one song? Like, I don't have time to make a whole record. Um, yeah, yeah. But you live in a world where, like, you could write one song and just put it out there and just let it uh-huh. live. Exactly. And I think that's that's cool that you can yeah. kind of take things a piece at a time. And that you guys are taking advantage of that to, like, does the audience feedback affect what, mm. like, right? Like a TV show, you're putting it out, you're getting feedback, and that may affect a season episode you know like an episode a couple episodes down where they kind of course correct because the audience is responding poorly to a relationship or something right like do you get does the audience feedback affect what you're doing sometimes i would no yeah i would would say no i would say you guys don't care about your fans (laughs) i got it okay that's cool (laughs) 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 no we but we do though we care about the fans and like um for this for this track specifically lodestone it was such um, and I don't know if you guys have heard the previous music that we put out, but it was such a different sound compared to what is on our Spotify uh, last year and the year before that, uh, which was mostly um, it was still electronic music, but it was mostly like more, it was more ambient. It was more chill sounding and a lot of piano driven stuff. Um, so th- the sound of Lodestone is drastically different from those and we wanted to give our audience um some expectation of of what that's going to be uh, without just being like uh, here's this thing we know you guys like this other music or or maybe you didn't i don't know but here it is um and we did that through just giving uh like these these little i, I just call them like little video poems uh, it sounds kind of pretentious but like these little clips of visuals that um that we made that represent the world with little fragments of what the new music was going to sound like and some lyrics in the um clip in the clip yeah just to just to set expectations so it's not just like some random surprise and we're like this completely different i don't know thing i feel like yeah yeah we we wanted to set them up for and we just did like a, a um that's what the whole blog is, why we created a blog. We wanted to put everyone in this specific world so so they could live in it with us, and it's not just out, out of the blue. But, I mean, going back to what you were saying, um, the fans don't necessarily affect how we're going to create our own music, um, but we do listen to all of them, and we talk to every single one of them that comments or anything like that, and we do care about them. But um, I'm just being honest. I mean, I create music for myself. It's seriously an expression and everyone hears that, and it's cliche. I get it, but it is it is ours. Um, it is definitely yeah. how I express myself because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I have social anxiety. A lot of people do, and sometimes the best way to do it is to just click play on Lodestone, and you'll hear it. It's just this bang and boom just hits you because you just have all this, <laughs> like, stuff in right. you. And uh, mm-hmm. it's it's better for me to release that energy through music instead of, like, I don't know, Buying a, a, like a gun apparently. or doing anything. <laughs> oh, buying, wow. okay. buying a yeah, gun. Well, well, <laughs> no, that's really that's not what I I meant. I'm thinking of loud booms, and that's why I said gun. I'm thinking like big booms a or like cannon. Yeah, cannon. Yeah, buying a cannon. <laughs> a there you cannon. go. That sounds less creepy. So um, <laughs> but you can also think of this like uh, movies, like a director. A whenever movie. they, whenever there's like, okay, so like a uh, Martin Scorsese. Whenever he puts out a movie, there's this expectation that it needs to be like Goodfellas, you know, like it has to be this. But he's put out uh-huh. so many great movies that are way oh, different yeah. from Goodfellas. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying we're on his level, but I'm just <laughs> saying he doesn't have to like, he doesn't do it. What, where am I trying to go with this? I think, I don't know. 
Yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's not, he's not putting he himself loves, into yeah. a corner of doing the same thing over and over. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but it and still what has I also flair. heard is if Scorsese wants to get serious about his soundtrack, he's going to call you guys that's for right. the next movie. <laughs> that's that's right. how he's going to elevate. Yeah, that's, that's not cinema, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the Avengers. Um, is that the Avengers like reference or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, and to be clear, I think you guys very much care about your fans yes. and very much care about the oh, music yeah. that you're making. I was, I was being facetious, but, um, yeah. so, all right. Aaron likes to ask a question or really he starts a sentence right. and then you finish it. Okay. So, uh, who, who wants to, to finish this sentence? I've been talking the whole time. Let's see, Quinn. You you go no, first. Yeah. Oh, the first okay. one. The All first right, one. Quinn. Okay. <laughs> no pre- No no no. This is you're just one. you're giving oh, the. This is modeling's. This is yeah. modeling's response. Oh, it's only oh, one question. Let's go. Right. One the, question. You know, one sentence to finish. This is the official okay. word from you guys. Is all right. <laughs> yep. You are representing your entire family oh my God. for <laughs> generations. Wait, I your think I got a sore throat. Hold on. I can't speak. Oh my God. All right, let's do it. No. Okay. All right, ready? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Just finish the sentence. I wish I could. Um. <laughs> Dang. Uh, taking too long. I wish I could go eat those thin mints upstairs. Wow. <laughs> I guess I wanted. To, yeah. I, wanted to I wish I could come over and have some of those thin mints. <laughs> Outside, I'll drive up later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. This is pretty generic, but I wish I could write music for a living. Right now, I'm still not. So. Yeah. All right. Go. We accept it. There are yeah. no wrong answers. Yeah. Not a single one. There you go. That's awesome. Well, and I hope yeah. I sincerely, sincerely hope that that comes true for you guys, and I think you guys are on the right path oh, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. You guys Definitely are awesome. Approachable. For doing appreciate this. it. Yeah. <laughs> Look What I Did is produced by Aaron Dotson and Daniel Quinn. Sound designed by Daniel Quinn. Our digital director is Heather Kelly.